Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com. Now here's the message. Uh, Andrew talked a couple weeks ago on, on Communion Sunday, talked about faith. Um, and it was weird. I felt like the Lord was re- leaning me in this direction even prior to that message. So um, I, I believe the Lord wants to speak to our faith um, in our hearts. So anyways, Luke twenty two thirty one says, and this is Jesus talking to uh, uh, Peter um, before he, you know, sells him out. And then Jesus says, the, the cock will crow and you'll hear it and, and so on and so forth. So anyways, he says, Simon, Simon, behold... Satan demanded to have you. It's just, I've, I've really been sitting on this scripture for a while and just really meditating on that. It's an interesting thing that Jesus says to Peter. Satan demanded to have you. That he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. That your faith may not fail. That your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. And I think um, that one's been so on my heart that it's interesting just how that conversation, and can you imagine being Peter and Jesus looking at you and saying, Satan wanted you. Satan wanted to sift you. He was coming for you. But I prayed, I prayed that your faith that your faith would be strong, okay, or may not fail. Also, look at, now go with me, well, actually, I'll just, I'll just read it. They'll put it up there, I think. Hebrews 11, chapter 1, or verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Some of us have it memorized. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Okay? Now, thinking that, so we're talking faith, now go to Hebrews 12. Andrew preached from this um, two weeks ago. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight And sin, which clings so closely, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look at this. Looking to Jesus, the founder, and other versions will say author, the founder or author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, make a note of the beginning of two, looking to Jesus, the founder or author and the perfecter of our faith. Okay, so now I want us to just just really talk to the Lord individually uh, and say a prayer with me. You don't have to say it out loud, but just think it in your heart, uh, this one. Lord, or Father, stir conviction of the things not seen in my life. Father, stir conviction of the things not seen in my life. And the next prayer I would like you to ask the Lord, Lord, or Father, as the author and perfecter of my faith, 
Speak to me about my faith today. Father, as the author and the perfecter of my faith, speak to me about my faith today. Strengthen my faith, purify and perfect my faith, and call my faith to action today. Pray those. Think those. Talk to him about that. And now I'm going to pray. Father, thank you that I get to open up the word in front of your church. It's a privilege. It's an honor. I don't do it lightly, Lord. This Bible is so full of life, so who you are. I would ask, Lord Jesus, that you would do a work right now, that you would do a work in every heart here, that you see the people in this room. You see the struggling faith. You see the doubtful faith. You see the strong faith and the weak faith. You see us, Lord, because you're the author and you're the perfecter. You know us in a way that we cannot even know each other. So I'm asking you, Lord, do a ministry in, the, in, in each heart here. Every believer in here, let them, let them hear from you. Minister to their faith. Strengthen their faith. Correct their faith. And those in here that maybe don't know you, Lord, meet them and give them faith in you and who you are and what you did. Teach us, Jesus. Help me to make sense of your word. In Jesus' name, we all agree. Amen. Amen? All right, so dig into 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I'm going to read 3 through 9, and then we're going to unpack some of it and talk about it and just kind of learn from some scripture here. 3 through 9. You can just read along with me if you'd like. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable. Slow down sometimes and hear the scripture. What he's done here, what he's given you, what you have in Christ. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, child of God, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to, in, to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. There's some beautiful scripture there. Some beautiful word there. But I want you to go up and I want you to look at 6 with me. That's going to be the main focus here. So uh, verse 6 says, and it starts out, In this you rejoice. And I want you to think with me, In what do I rejoice, Peter? What are you talking about? And, I'm, and I broke down just a few things from the verses ahead. In this you rejoice. In great mercy. In 
Born again to a living hope. Rejoice in that. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading in heaven for you. Rejoice in that. Rejoice that it's God's power that transformed you from sinner to saint. It's supernatural. You're new in Christ. And it's in Christ that, that that's done. Be, you know, rejoice that faith for salvation in your life is ready to be revealed in the last time. That God's got you. He's going to work with you and finish this thing. Remember what I started with, and I'm going to keep that theme. He's the author and the perfecter of your faith. He's working on your faith. He's encountering your faith even this morning. So these things Peter's basically saying, in these guys, rejoice. Who he's writing to, they were going through trials. They have situations just like you and I. But there's something you can always come to God with in faith, that you have a place with him in heaven, that he has done all that work. And never make lightly of that. Worshiping for that. Sometimes you come in and your week's just trash. You're feeling horrible. Life is hard. But this is something that I think Peter would say to you. In this you rejoice. Rejoice in him. Rejoice in heaven. Rejoice in, in, in all, what we have through him, in him. And it, it comes down here for now. I think that's what's cool too. There's some of that kingdom of heaven that's coming down here. Peace, the joy, the family, the community, the power, right? Rejoice. For some of us, we just need to hear that. You've got to rejoice. Okay? Rejoice. Now, look at 6 after that front part. Though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Has anybody been grieved by a trial? Amen? If you've been a Christian longer than three minutes, you've been grieved by a trial. You have. You will. This is part of the process. This is part of following Jesus. This is part of the faith walk, guys. So he says, so in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, in a little while, I like that, if necessary, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Now, who deems the necessary? Do you deem the necessary? Do I deem the necessary? No. Remember, the author of your faith, the perfecter of your faith, he deems necessary that there are things you and I must go through in a little while span so that we can grow, so that we, he deems necessary something going on because he knows best, okay? And then he says, you have been grieved by various trials. Who's that? That's you. That's me. We, and I love the word grieved. Various trials are no fun. Other places it talks about temptation, but I did a little research on this one. This wasn't as much about the temptation of the flesh, because let's be honest, that is a grievance, that is a trial, that is a situation too. But most scholars thought that he's talking about circumstantial trials, stuff that happened to you, not stuff that you're struggling with or did. It's like bad news, sickness, rough situation, Work situation, stuff happening to you, these kind of trials, okay? So, um, 
what's happening here? Verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more, than, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So that the tested genuineness of your faith. Your faith, my faith, is being tested when we go through trials. Is that okay? If the author and the perfecter thinks that we need something and to grow us and to, 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 to purify us and to give something to us and reveal something about himself, is that okay that he tests our faith, that he puts us in places where we're being grieved, where we're going through something? Yeah, we should. And we are, but it's hard, isn't it? Sometimes you're like, man, God's a jerk. You know, that's how I feel sometimes. But he's not, and he has a purpose, and he has a plan. Okay? So I want to ask you guys, how's your faith holding up? How's your faith holding up? How'd your faith hold up in your last trial? How'd your trust of the Lord hold up when you went through this or you got that news or that situation? Okay? How's your faith doing in trials, in temptations? Does it stand strong? Does it, is it a situation like, I mean, you remember what I talked about with, with, um, with Peter. Satan wanted to sift him. And, and it's Jesus, the Lord Jesus is like, he's praying for his faith to be strong, to be strengthened. Okay? So I want you guys, we're coming up on a holiday. Um, and this is cheesy, so bear with me. <laughs> I got some boots here. Um, but, I, but I don't want you to quickly forget about this message. I don't want you to, because your faith and the health of your faith and how it's doing and, and how it's not doing is so vital to your walk with Christ. I want you to have a reminder, and I want you to think of this on a regular basis, especially this winter. So we know as of last week, we got some snow on Saturday, and it was miserable. If you like snow, I like a snowstorm once in a while, but... My wife had to do a, 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 a run, and so she was miserable, and when Heather's miserable, I'm miserable. Let's just call it like that, okay? So anyways, um, I want to put something in front of you in a simple analogy that you think about your faith and kind of bring it, you know, like, like to, to pass. Like Peter actually talks about gold. He does. He says right there, your faith is being refined. And anybody who knows about gold, I don't know a lot about gold. I just have read it's not like I have a lot of gold on, although I might need to. But gold is purified by heat, right? It heats up. Impurities go to the top. They take those off, and that's how you purify gold. Peter uses that analogy. I'm going to use a boot analogy. And uh, what I'm going to talk about is, like I said, I want you to think about your faith in, 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 in relation to boots, okay? Now, the specific boot I want to talk about is a work boot, Okay? A real work boot, not a decorative boot. This is Heather's boot. It's got a zipper. I told first service, I'm just going to say this. If you got a job on a construction site and you have a boot with a zipper on it, don't go to the construction site. You're going to get beat up, okay? Or at least made fun of. You, zip, you know, this is decorative. It's cute. It's neat. But it ain't a boot. This is a boot. This is a boot to get something done. It's a red wing. It's expensive. You can get the, the bombs redone. It's a heavy-duty boot. And we have some guys in here that just know boots, right? So about a year ago, David Bear, our worship leader, he's like, 
he was at breakfast with some, some guys, Andy Shea, I don't know if Sam was there, some of the guys that, that, that know boots. And David's like, man, I want to step my boot game up, right? And we're like, okay. And it's amazing when you get men talking about boots. Like the men that work construction, the men that work um, in skilled trade, the men that stand on concrete all day, there's a, you know, no, you don't want that boot. You want this boot. You want this boot, right? So there's a lot of opinions on boots. And I'll be honest, boots matter. But they have a purpose more than decoration. Heather's little boot just looks cute, right? This boot has a purpose. And that's what I want to, I want to, I want to parallel faith to boots. And I want to just jump right into this. Sometimes our faith is just decoration. It's Facebook faith, right? It's eHarmony. I post, I'm a Christian. A lot of people say, I'm a Christian. My faith is nothing more than decorative. It's a t-shirt, a coffee cup, right? Not that, nothing wrong with t-shirts and coffee cups. I got some. But that's not faith. That's not the faith that Peter's talking about. That's not the genuine faith that the Bible's talking about. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about faith that gets something done. I'm talking about faith that has some, some, it was designed to move something, to change something. It has a purpose. And decoration was not its purpose. Style was not its focus. It was, this guy can wear this all day and his feet will stay dry. His feet will stay safe. This, this is the faith that I believe the Bible's talking about. And this is what I think the, the, that Peter's trying to get us to grasp. That your faith and my faith is, needs to be genuine. I got a cold... Rich told me not to say it, but I'm listening to Rich so well. Rich, I, I love his feedback. He said, don't say you have a cold, but I, my throat is just getting so dry. <clears throat> so I apologize. <clears throat> just as long as I don't get in a big cough, right? <clears throat> ah, all right. So, guys, check this out. And just, just bear with me on the boots. Your faith and my faith has a purpose. It was made for a purpose. And, it, and it's not decoration. And it's not light duty. It's heavy duty. It's, 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 it's like a workbook, work, work boot. So look at this. This is what I wrote. It's made to work, not just wear. Made for hard labor. Now think of your faith. You and I's faith. It's made for hard labor. Tough terrains. Bad storms. Long days. Long nights of labor. It has a purpose. It'll sustain you. It, it, can, it can do it if it's genuine faith that the author put in there. Your faith, like these boots, should look worn, worked, scarred, scuffed, maybe torn and a little wore out. And that's okay. Because your faith has a purpose. How's your faith doing? It's okay. God gave you faith. He's working in you to grow faith, to give you genuine faith, to purify your faith. He's the author. He's the perfecter. How's your faith? Do you think, and like I said, I'm not trying to rebuke everybody on this, but man, decorative faith is not, not where it's at. Work faith. Okay? I think some people, I was thinking about this church a lot. I get to love this church. I get to serve this church. And there's so many good godly people in this church that are um, in some battles. I had Mark Fitzgerald this morning. You guys know he's sick, Parkinson's. 
We pray. I walked by him. He says, what are you preaching on? I said, faith. I feel about this tall. I feel pretty small next to that man who's trusting the Lord, walking through such hard times. And he says, let me pray for you. That's work boot faith. That's strong faith. That's a man whose life is pretty miserable, and he's standing, and he's trusting. It's an example. And it was humbling to have him pray for me. So, blame it on him. (laughs) Uh, Now, James. I want to go to James, because let's just be honest. John did a great father's message last week from James. Uh, But one of the things James is known for, and he's the brother of Jesus, they believe that he just kind of elbow drops us. He just says it. It's the blunt book, and I love it. But it is a blunt book. But I want to I preface this. When I go through this, I'm going to read uh, James chapter 2, 14 through uh, 26. And it's faith without works is dead. Many of us know. I'm going to read it. But I want to preface it. It's, it's real clear. If you're newer in your faith, you can actually think that works is how you get saved. Now, what I mean by that is not your actions. Your salvation and my salvation comes through faith and faith alone. That faith is in who Jesus is, his righteousness, his right relationship and right standing with the Father. That's imputed or put on us. It's in that. Paul wars that back in the early church. Okay? He teaches that. That's most of the, his letters are, are in some way pushing on that. So clearly hear me when I say, I'm about to talk about some works. But that is not salvation-based. Your works and my works, don't, we don't do them to be saved. We do them because we're saved. Are you hearing me? It's, it's, what, it's what real faith does. It is not quiet. It's not, it's not, I'm hearing this, you know, more and more. I just love my Lord and it's my personal relationship and I keep it inside to myself. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. That's not a scriptural faith. You are the light. You are the salt. And I understand there are situations, jobs, and stuff where you just can't walk down preaching the gospel as loud as you want. But if you think that I'm just going to keep my faith to Jesus Christ, who he is, it's my internal relationship and nobody else needs to know it. No! If you know him, you've got to tell somebody. If you've been saved, you've got to let that out. If you've got the light, you want to shine it in dark places. You and I have the hope of the world. That is not something you just, well, it's just my individual walk. No. That's an out loud. Faith calls us to live out loud. Faith calls us to works. That's what I'm basically saying. So let's get into this. Just didn't want you to think I'm a works message here. James chapter 2, 14. I'm just going to read through it and let you kind of read it with me. It speaks pretty clearly by itself. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith, decorative faith, is dead. Showy faith is dead. Look at me. I believe in God. No, it's an action. It demands action. It demands response. That's what James is saying here. 
Someone will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one and you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Clearly, the demons down here, right? The devil, demons, kingdom of darkness, they believe in God. They do. They acknowledge that he's God. They acknowledge. You see it in Jesus' ministry. Oh, what do you want to do with me, oh, son of, son of man? Right? They, 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 they cower. They, they shudder. No, no, I'm not. I'm before your time. And he would rebuke them or cast them out. Clearly, they believe that he is the son of man or the Messiah or God or some super, right? But they're not redeemed. They're not going to heaven. So an acknowledgement of who he is is not faith. Some people got to hear this. It's not like, oh, I believe you're God. No, I believe you're my God. That's the game changer. You're my God. You're my righteousness. You're my way, truth, and life. You're my redeemer. And I need you desperately. That's faith. That's, that's saving faith. Not an acknowledgement of, of, well, I believe you're God, and I'm good. A lot of people believe he's God, and they are not following him. They are not disciples. They are not repented. That's not faith. I don't believe. I think that's what the author, I think that's what James is pushing on there. They shudder. All right, 20. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed with, by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Right there in that simple text is probably the, the most clear takeaway that I, could, I want you to go home. Forget If you forget everything else, hear that. That says, Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. The question is, in our faith, it's just that. Do you believe God? Do you believe God when he said the promises that we talked about earlier, like in, the, in Scripture? Do you believe his promises? Do you believe you have an inheritance in him? Do you believe he's here, your righteousness? Do you believe that he'll provide for you? Do you believe that he has peace for you? Do you believe God over what this world says, over what situations say, over what circumstances say, but do you believe God? Because you might be in that season where your faith is being tested or purified, and genuine faith rises up and says, this is horrible, but I believe God. And if God said he'll never leave me, nor forsake me, no matter how hard my life is, no how much difficulty I'm going through, I am standing on that truth that he is with me. If I die, he is with me. If I am sick, he is with me because I've trusted him as my Savior. Amen? Isn't that good? Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. It gives me hope. Yeah, Brandon, that is awesome, man. It is awesome. Gosh, I love it. All right, move on. It's hard to move on. I just get so excited. You guys are a good church today. Not every other day, but today you are. I'm kidding. You're great. And he was called a friend of God. <laughs> and he, was, he believed God, and he was called a friend of God. And you see that. Remember, Jesus tells his disciples, he said, you do what I want, you do what I command, you're my friends. 
There's a relationship through obedience and trust and faith that you get, to, you get the inside circle and you get friendship with God, closeness with Jesus, and it is beautiful and it is powerful and it is freeing. Amen. He was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way was not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Do you hear that? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Don't have dead faith, guys. Okay, my last point on the boots, and I'll let it go. <laughs> the last point on the boots is you get what you pay for. Anybody that's ever bought a good set of construction boots, you're like, how much are they? Right? The durable boots, and you go home, you tell your wife, like, it's going to be 300 bucks. You know what I mean? You know what? Well, you can go to Walmart and get $80 boots. Don't go to Walmart and get $80 boots. I'm not a boot salesman, just so we're all clear. But if you're really trying to get boots that work for, a, for your career, for your job, Sometimes it's just the higher dollar boots last longer. They're better. They're more comfortable. They break into your feet. Whole other story. But expensive boots are, tend to be better. It's a world where, and tools are like this too, if I'm honest, you get what you pay for. So often you get what you pay for. You skimp, you go cheap, you get cheap. You pay more, you get the big fancy red wing boot, you get more of a boot. Okay? Now, I just want to drop this on you without condemnation. But I want you to hear it. Is Jesus getting what he paid for with us? Did, is Jesus, Jesus paid it all, right? Is Jesus getting what he paid for with our faith, with our relationship, with our devotion and our trust? Hebrews 12, 2 said, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was before him, listen, he had his eyes focused on the joy before him. Here's his price. Endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus paid your price. Are you reflecting that? Is your actions in life and faith walking and talking and behaving like that? That's just the simple truth. I'm working on it in my own life, 100% honest with you guys. I'm around a lot of profanity, and, and, and I like rap music. I do. I like, I mean, old school rap. I just do. And God's been working on me. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't even say the names because I don't want you to go look. But I, I mean it, like, and, and my son likes rap music too, and the, the music, and I'm not on music right now for you guys, don't feel like that, but I just feel like movies. What I'm saying is I'm in a world that cusses a lot, just a lot of profanity. And, it, and I can watch movies or listen to music, and it doesn't really bother me. But I'm actually starting to feel like, and I told Andrew that this week, I said, man, Lord, I'm feeling, I want to be better. Because the Bible talks about be holy for he's holy. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I love the, the movies and the Netflixes and stuff. And so I, I'm just being completely transparent with you guys. I'm on that, like, Lord, and I've been praying, like, Lord, help me to be holier. Help to be, me, me to be more sanctified. Help me not to look to the world for entertainment. Um, 
And I told Heather and I went on a date Friday night. And that was, you know, we tend to go on dates and we ask, how, what, what can I work on or how can we connect? And it's just something we do. And it's wonderful. And, and I told her, I'm trying to get more sanctified or holy with my Netflix, my watching, my music. I told her I'm trying to listen to Christian music. Man, you listen to Christian music too much, you go nuts, okay? And 93.3 only plays Christmas music. What is that, right? So I get it. I'm not, so country, I don't know, there's a lot, you know, whatever. But I'm just telling you guys, I'm in this journey too. I'm not above you. I'm just, just another guy trying to say, man, is my faith resemble what he paid? Does my life resemble who he is? And where can I get better? And how can I surrender more? Because he's worth it. And I'm on that journey. So join me in that. Um, and I'm going to land this plane 12.05, we're good, but I got, <laughs> I got seven qualities that Peter talks about that I believe reflect um, the, the life of faith. And last service, ironically enough, I only gave them six. Heather's like, at the end, she's like, you forgot one. I don't think anybody caught it. But. So turn your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. Like I said, we're in, we were in both chapter 1s. I kind of find it cool because in the letters that Peter wrote, he comes out of the gate, both letters, which were believed to be written to the same group of people, uh, nearly three or four years apart, both letters have a tendency uh, to start out in a similar fashion, I think, where he talks about your faith. Like your faith, and then he goes into other stuff. But um, So 2 Peter 1, look at verse 3, and I'm just going to read through, and then we'll, we'll come back to the qualities. Uh, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. There they are. Listen, by faith we receive them, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them, those promises, that, and, and the Holy Spirit's in here, them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Look what God's done down here. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. We're going to come back to this. With virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, Self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, make a note of that, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a big statement, Peter. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to co confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then I, he actually goes on into 12. He says, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. It's interesting that Peter, and I'm going to come back to these qualities. It's interesting that Peter, he said, listen, and he's about to die. He says that in here. He knows he's about to die. Um, and he's like, these qualities are so important, I put them in front of you on a regular basis. They're 
qualities that when you have authentic, genuine faith, you add them. It, 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 and when you go back and look at um, verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. Supplement, addition, uh, something that completes. Now, we know it's not complete. I don't think that's what he's trying to say. Something that enhances something else. I believe these seven qualities enhance or lift up your faith to be more fruitful, more productive, more impactful, which is what God wants and what the Word wants and what we want. Okay? Um, another New King James or King James, if you read that, it's giving all diligence. They don't use the word supplement. They use giving all diligence, which careful, persistent effort or work. Work ethic. Work ethic. Have a work ethic mixed with your faith. Get the job done. Do the work. Put in the time. That's what Peter's saying. You have your faith. Add this. Do this. Okay? Number one is virtue, he says. Virtue. Through genuine faith, God grants eternal life to a spiritual dead person. Virtue is a reference to Christ's character we cannot produce. You, cannot, you and I cannot produce virtue. It's not in us. But we can obey the virtuous prompting of the Holy Spirit. It's really being Jesus-like. Thinking like him, behaving like him, loving like him, forgiving. That's virtue. If you really want virtue, you want to live a virtuous Christian life, are you Christ-like in everything and in all things? Number two, knowledge. It's just like it sounds. God's truth, God's word, who he is, what he has said about you, your circumstance, your situation. Do you have knowledge about that? Do you, do you know what it is? What he said about your kids, what he said about your home. Have that knowledge. Seek that knowledge. Supplement, add that knowledge to your faith. Number three, self-control. Self-control. Mastering one's emotions rather than letting them go out of control. Right? Amen? Let's just be honest. We're all going to be a little more fruitful in our faith walk with Christ if we can get some self-control. When I want to throw it, don't throw it. When I want to cuss it, don't cuss it. Right? Right? When I want to think it, say it, do it, click it, don't. Self-control. Okay? Number four, steadfastness. This is huge. Steadfastness. Don't quit. Don't quit. Hang in there. Some of you just need to hear that. You're, you're, you're being tested. It's going through something. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Don't say it's hopeless. Don't quit. That's right. Don't quit. Stand on it, guys. Number five, godliness. This is good. Godliness, it's just being aware of God's presence. God should influence every aspect of our lives. God should influence. That's godliness, knowing he's near. He's influencing everything. That's godliness, thinking like that and, and understanding that. Number six, brotherly affection. Brotherly affection. And I like this because, I mean, it's hard sometimes to love the body. And I'm talking Christian brother. I think that's what he's referring to. Not world, not like actual in the body. People that confess Christ. Actual loving each other. First John says it best. First John 4.20 says, if someone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. 
Don't hate God's people. Love each other. Forgive each other. Work through brotherly affection. Remember, he says if you do these things, you, you won't fall. That's what Peter said, who walked with Jesus, the apostle. You won't fall. Number seven, love. God's kind of love. God's kind of love. God's kind of love is this. It's like God loves because he is love. The Bible says God is love. It's like anybody that tells me they're really close with God and they hang out with him or they're a friend and they don't have love, I have a hard time believing you're hanging out with God. He makes you love. He teaches you to love. He softens you. He helps you forgive. He helps you let things go. It is a beautiful process that the author and finisher of our faith does as he grows us in love. It's, it, let him work on it. Let, receive that. Get that. Right? Get the Corinthians love. Love is patient, kind, all that. I actually read that on a regular basis. I try. I like, Lord, change me. Make my heart soft and loving like yours. That's number seven. So worship team, you can go ahead and come. Guys, I'm going to have them... Um, I'm going to have them sing that song. What was it called? Hymn of Heaven. I, may, I, I, call, I messed it up last service. Guys, this Hymn of Heaven really is a song about what I just talked about. It's kind of weird, kind of cool how the Lord lined this up. And it, it's 1214. So I would really like you guys just to listen to this song, let it minister to you, and then you're free to go. And you can get your kids, and you can do all that. And if you want to come back and hang out, do whatever. But we're going to have some prayer team here, a prayer team there. Get prayer, confess, deal with stuff. But just, just really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray here, really let the Lord talk to you about your faith. Because it's yours. It's your responsibility to grow it, to nurture it. It is. And you know what? It's his responsibility. And he's working on you guys. He loves you guys. Loves me. He's very patient. Isn't he, guys? Very patient. What's up, Faith? Ah, right. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. I would ask, Lord Jesus, that we all can just, just walk out of here today and know that we have hope, that you're patient, you're kind, but you are a God that's on the move. And you're growing us and changing us. You confront us where we need confronted. You allow us to go through circumstance and situations so that the genuineness of our faith would be purified and rise up. Father, anyone that's going through a trial right now, give them grace, strength, hope, and peace. Help them to know it's a trial. Help them to hang in there. Help them to have the faith like you prayed for Peter. And I love that. That's just so challenged me. I pray for the faith of the people in this church that we would make it that we would endure, that we would get there, that our faith would be strong, that our faith would get us there. Strengthen the faith of your people today. Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.